Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. It is Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Welcome to episode number 15. Uh, Cruz here, along with my... Uh, Friend and partner in crime, Mr. Ian Barry. How are you, Ian? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing great. This is the show that talks about um, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. And we have lots of cool stuff to talk about on the show today. Things that we'll uh, taste, things that we have reviewed, things that we're doing, things that we're going to do, all within the world of cigars, spirits, and craft beer. So, welcome to the show. So, you had a good week? I did have a good week. I had a, I had a great week. I was catching up on some work that I needed to get done, and I had some time to sit down and smoke a couple cigars. Um, one of the ones I smoked was uh, kind of an old standby. It's a Pinard del Rio Obsidian. Oh, the Obsidian. Now, Obsidian. See, I, I see those a lot in the mail order catalog, catalogs that I look at. They're cheap. And, uh, yeah, they're not expensive at all. No, they're cheap. Well, well what was your take? Is this they're your great. Is this your interesting cigar for the week? They're, yeah, this is my interesting uh, cigar for the week. I think they're fantastic. Uh, I pick up a box of those. Uh, whenever I run low, and that's a that's a go to all the time because it really is a fantastic, uh, inexpensive cigar. So price versus quality, I would put that up at eight. Wow, or so nine. that's good, just largely because of how inexpensive it's it is. It's incredibly the inexpensive, you and get it's a great cigar. Level. And everybody I've ever handed one to has liked it. Like yeah. gets about halfway through, and I was like, man, this is really good, and it's. You know, they're they're a fantastic little cigar. Um, it's a, a Brazilian Habano wrapper. Mm-hmm. It's a Dominican cigar, and uh, and it, the burn on them is almost always impeccable. Now it's interesting because when you say Dominican cigar, you almost always think, oh, it must be a little bit on the lighter side. But the obsidians are actually a fairly powerful smoke, the, aren't they? The obsidians are not that powerful. They look powerful. It's, it's yeah. a, and also it's a Habano wrapper, so you think, okay, well, that's so going to be well, pretty yeah. strong. But they're actually good, solid, medium, mm-hmm. and they have a little bit of spice, but not in a in a uh, leave you with with the spice and the aftertaste kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. They have that. They also have a little sweetness to them, a little chocolatiness to them, which is really nice, which smooths out the spice on the aftertaste. Um, and I honestly, I could I could smoke two or three of those in a day. What what size <laughs> you know? did you smoke? The, uh, well, I've had all kinds of sizes. The one I smoked was a Corona, oh, and nice. uh, and yeah, I mean that's just a great you know give me kind forty five minutes yeah. you know, and, and I can sit down and enjoy it. But I I really enjoy those, and I highly recommend that cigar. Uh, special guest on the show today, by the way, uh, before I forget to mention this, is going to be uh, Alan Nenny from Man Cave Cigars in League City, Texas. We talked to Alan at the Whiskies of the World event, and That's he right. was very gracious, very smart about cigars. And we are planning to do a whole show from uh, Man Cave in League City. That's going to be coming up. But, Alan uh, was a lot of fun, and yes. they had a uh, they had a cigar uh, section. Uh, and finding the cigar section at the Whiskeys of the World was a little bit of a, a, a trek. It was, mm-hmm. was kind of like that scene in Spinal Tap where they're under the stage and they're trying to find their way out. <laughs> but we finally found the- Great reference, yeah. man. Finally- <laughs> I'm just going to have to. Hello, uh, Cleveland. I'm just anyway. going to have to add a, a little applause for that. That was good. Uh- but once we finally found it... <laughs> We sat outside, and actually, uh, we sat outside with uh, with Jeremiah from B and B from B and B, yeah, and chatted, and I and he gave me a cigar that was so good. Uh, Alan did. Alan did and, from uh, and I'm gonna have to ask him what it was, but uh, it was so good. I sat down and enjoyed that so much. I love those moments when you're able to just chill like that, and so he has given you something. You're like, I don't really know anything about this, and you light it up, and it's like, oh, yeah. Man. Those guys, the guys from Man Caves, were so fun because when I was setting up at uh, Whiskeys of the World. Too, they were trying to figure out where they were supposed to go. I don't think they actually had a plan. 
And uh, and uh, and so we ended up talking, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Man, cave cigars. What are you doing?" I was like, "Well, sip, smoke, and savor." And we got to talking. He's like, "We're gonna we're gonna hook up later yes, and talk yes, about for this." Sure. Yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, the interesting cigar that I smoked this week, and I've really been anxious to talk to you about this because I know you and I have had some conversations about this particular brand. But I smoked a Camacho American Barrel Aged. Toro. These cigars are all aged for a minimum of five months in bourbon barrels. I have one of those and, in my humidor. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, maybe your experience then will be different than mine. I don't know how long you've had it in the humidor. I think I've had it for about a month and a half now. Okay. Well, you might want to might want to give it a little more time. Here, this is my experience. The cigar, first of all, has an American broadleaf wrapper. They make a big deal out of it being mm-hmm. uh, a lot of American tobacco. American broadleaf wrapper and binder, and then a five-month bourbon barrel-aged Corojo filler. So that's, I mean, that sounds really promising. It sounds right. I and like it looks beautiful, yep. too. I like the idea. It is a gorgeous cigar. We mentioned on the show before that I've been disappointed over the past few years with Camacho. I used to smoke Camacho all the time. And over the last few years, once they did their redesign of their packaging, um, I, I found the cigars a little a little disappointing. But recently, I have smoked a couple that were really good, including one that you gave me, I think, which was the, right. uh, the triple, triple, was Maduro. triple Maduro. Oh, yeah. man, that, that baby was great. So, I was excited uh, about this uh, American Barrel Age. I've run into some of the same issues with some of the uh, Camachos with their uh, Connecticut and a few others, but I haven't run into that with the Triple Maduro. Just right. FYI. Well, it's interesting, uh, and I will I will say that after I sort of gathered my thoughts about this, I went online to see what other people thought of it, and so I'll tell you about some of the comments that I found uh, online in some of the forums and the cigar reviews and stuff. And you know, you guys just search it, Google it, you can find all this kind of stuff. The cigar is medium to full-bodied. I was disappointed right off the bat uh, with the uh, American Barrel Age Toro from Camacho, because when I clipped it, uh, it it like cracked. The wrapper Crunch. cracked around I the, the head of the cigar. So now you've got this wrapper that you're afraid is going to start peeling off. And, and I will say, I was still able to smoke it without it disintegrating further. So that's when you go, okay, that, that wasn't too bad. But when I first saw that crack, I was like, oh man, seriously? And it's one of the reasons I have actually trouble sometimes with Connecticut wrappers because they can be so delicate. They can be very that delicate. They're yeah. very, it's very easy to crack them. I and I've tried you know, using the V-cutter can help, although I, I did this with my little uh, Zykar scissor cutter. I love those. And, uh, I totally want a pair it's, of those. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. You know, they're not it. even that expensive. I don't know no, why I don't it's own a, it's a pair. Like, it's just like keep thirty dollars, I think, and yeah. it's just and it's got all the little tools. I bought mine with a poker and yeah, everything. I bought mine because I needed a good poker to empty um, uh, lighters, uh, right. and I didn't have anything quite the right size. I kept using pins, and then the pin would like you know get ink all over itself, and then have to throw it away. So right, quick uh, aside right here uh, for all of you who have trouble refilling your uh, your lighters. Uh, butane lighters. Don't forget to purge them once in a while. You put a little butane in it. Yep. You punch that down with uh, something sharp and pokey, mm-hmm. and uh, and let like all the, the little poker on the right, Zycar right, right, scissors. Like a little so, poker yeah. on the mm-hmm. Zycar scissors, and you let all the butane out, and then you refill then it. You and refill that it. Almost always, almost always solves the problem. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So this Camacho cigar, um, it it cracked around the head, but I was able to get it to light okay. I was able to get it to burn okay. And I didn't have any problems with it unraveling. I would say that it was medium to full-bodied. There were some interesting flavors. There was a little bit of charred oak, 
which you might expect from something that's been, you know, bourbon barrel aged. Um, a little bit of maybe a cherry uh, flavor, not in a not in a bad, not in a like you know fifty cent cigar cherry way, right? But in a sort of a deep sort of woodsy barrel aged kind of a way. Uh, some spiciness and a little bit of a hint of sweetness. I thought the cigar wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I was hoping for. And I uh, I read a review online that suggested that it might need some time in the humidor. I bought this one at Specs, uh, and I smoked it th- that afternoon. Like it was like I took it home, unwrapped it, and smoked Specs it. Specs so. has a respectable humidor, though. Yes, so. they do. So uh, I can't see where it would be a problem. My biggest problem with this cigar was it's an $11 cigar. If this were a $5, $6 cigar, I'd have been like, okay, that's pretty good. But at $11, I was a little disappointed. I in think that. that's bordering yeah. super premium at Absolutely. that point. Absolutely. At $11, I'm thinking of all the $11, $12 cigars, Ashton VSG, you know, things that you can smoke that are just so fantastic. I wanted this to be more in that realm, and it really wasn't. So that's I, That price range is almost... Three to four of the obsidians that I talked well, about. Well, there earlier. you go. I so, love those. would you rather have this or would you rather have three or four of the obsidians? Well, I have an interesting you know? thing. I've had mine in my humidor for a month and a half to two months mm-hmm. or something like that. So, I'm going to smoke mine this week and I'll talk about it next week and we'll see. That should be because you might have a totally different experience than me because of the humidor time or it could be, you know. Uh, that's the other thing. Cigars are individual things. No matter what you read in, you know, the reviews. No matter what we might say about yeah. something we smoke, you might get one that's just a little different, or you might have your palate maybe reacting differently that day because of what you had for lunch. Or you know, there's just so many different things that can impact and affect the way a cigar strikes you and the flavors and stuff that you get. I, again, I didn't think the cigar was bad. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. But at $11, I was really hoping for some complexity and some depth that I wasn't quite getting. You were expecting Park Place, and you got Baltic Yes, thank you very much. Price to value, a four. Uh, which isn't right. you know, which isn't a great rate. I don't usually give out very that's, low ratings. That's a pretty low rating for yeah. you, I think. But again, if this were a five dollar cigar, I'd give it a much higher rating. So uh, yeah, well, that's that's why it's the price versus quality rating. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what, that's what it's all about. So coming up on the show today, we have some great tastings. We are going to taste uh, a Wasatch Black O' Lantern Pumpkin Stout. This might be the last. Uh, you know, Halloween holiday themed uh, tasting that we get to do. Maybe one more week, but we might be able uh, to fit another one. Uh, and then you brought in something that you said a friend uh, gave you to try. My on friend the show. Jason listened yeah. to the show and he goes, "I have something for you guys." Oh wow! To try. So I'm going to give a little <laughs> shout out to Jason. Okay. Hi, Jason. <laughs> I'm waving at you. And this Anyways. is the uh, this is the Avery, right? Yeah, this is the Avery. Barrel aged sour ale. Now I love sour ales. Just you know, just not. not I don't want a whole six pack of them, but I really love tasting them. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I agree with that. It also kind of to me depends on how sour. If it's yeah. very sour, I like to split one, and I do enjoy them. If mm-hmm. it's a little sour, I can drink a lot. Well, we're looking forward to trying that, doing that tasting. I also brought in something that has become all the rage at Casa de Cruz, and it is the Plantation Pineapple-Infused Rum. Uh, I love this stuff, so I'm interested in your tasting of it, and uh, so we'll look forward to that coming up on the show. Plus, a lot to talk about, including a toast uh, when we come back. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor, Radio Brave. 
You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I'm in such a good musical mood today. Uh, Driving in to do the show, I was having this total late 80s, early 90s music flashback moment in the car. I had cranked up this playlist of... Uh, Sammy Hagar era Van Halen. Awesome. And I was just like loving it. And I thought, you know, this, uh, I haven't listened to this in a long time. And I was just like, this was, this was like, this was like just so solid. Uh, so I'll go ahead and say it. And people can send uh, hate email to sip, smoke, and savor at gmail.com. But I think Sammy kicks David Lee Roth's ass. There you go. That's, oh, that's see, me. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say kicks his ass, but I would say if you're going to follow somebody, if you're going to follow up David Lee Roth with somebody. With somebody, yeah. Like, you have to find someone who's insanely outgoing, yeah. incredibly obnoxious. I mean, mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar. But Sammy's just like that guy next door in the Hawaiian shirt that's drinking tequila and rum. Like, you got to love this guy, you know? <laughs> He's just, he likes fast cars, cigars, rum, tequila. Now, and didn't like, he have his own uh, tequila? He did. He like Cabo uh, he, he Wabo? Started, right. Well, so the first thing he did was he opened Cabo Wabo, the bar, the in bar, okay. Cabo San Lucas. And then they launched a tequila named after it, sold the tequila, made gazillion zillions of dollars and now is launching a line of rums awesome or has just i think launched a line of rums so he says i'll go ahead and put it out there i like van halen i like van hagar yeah Uh, they both rock yeah Uh, they they really did i I didn't mean to disparage uh dlr he was he was all right man (laughs) i I dug some of their early stuff too i think i think if if you want to really boil it down i think uh, uh uh sammy hagar is actually a better singer that's right, especially but today. Almost uh, nobody was a better frontman than David Lee. Well, Ray. I agree with that. There's, he was there's a, great, a distinction between he, the he two. He was a great frontman. Uh, unfortunately, that has not held up as well over the years because no, I've seen the the two of them, uh, you know, both in the last several years. And and the Sammy Show still seems like the Sammy Show of old. Uh, David Lee Roth can't can't quite hit the notes, can't quite do the kicks, but right. but of course he can't. Like you know, you're not going to be able to. Well, do he that was so over the top at the beginning. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> that was pretty fun stuff, though. You have to admit. Well, this is sip, smoke, and savor. Um, we it, we're while we're on a musical note. I wanted to do a, a toast. We we regularly do um, toast on the show, not every time, but a, a, we do them regularly because it's important to um, uh, it, it's important to. Oh, you, you've got the clinking sound ready to go. See, this is this guy comes prepared. I love it. Um, it's important to do recognize things that are important, and so on today's show, I wanted to recognize Riza and Jizza from Wu Tang Clan, who I like so incredibly was so incredibly misinformed or uninformed uh, on last week's show that I referred to him just as RZA and GZA. Fortunately, you know, my friend didn't leave me flapping out there in the breeze. He stepped in to correct, and, uh, you know, because I would have yeah, I would have never lived it I'm down. I'm pretty sure you gained street cred today just by saying it right. Well, and I'm pretty sure I lost any I might have had last week, so I'm back at like one. Well, you cheers, know. and here's to Rizza and Jizza. Rizza and Jizza. There you go, guys. And thanks for your Wu-Tang-infused beer, which we're still trying to get our hands on some because that is something we want to taste. Yes, so, absolutely. So, so I did spend some time listening to Wu-Tang this week, actually. It was part of my penance. It's like, okay, i got to spend more time with 36 Chambers. Oh, man. That's, there's, <laughs> That's pretty classic. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And, and uh, to me, that was... Uh, the, the sort of Wu Tang era was kind of the to me that's where hip hop sort of peaked. Like I, I don't think it's uh, today's stuff. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem quite as 
uh, quite as well crafted, quite as creative as yeah. as it was. Uh, well, that you know, there's still some things I like. Especially that first album was so well crafted, mm-hmm. and Rizzo was actually the uh, producer on all yeah. that. Yeah, so I love those guys, and from the same era, uh, you're probably, I'm sure, familiar. Uh, with a tribe called Q-U-E-S-T. Uh. So, <laughs> no, that's a joke. I know that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, uh, we've both got big uh, plans this weekend. Unfortunately, we're not going to be, like, you know, able to, like, you know, commingle with our plans. Cause well, you're going times, to you're going I'm to going a Mason to, event, right? Yes. And I'm really excited about this. This will be my second year to go to this. Stogie's uh, Cigars in Houston on uh, Westheimer in Houston. Uh, just about a mile outside the loop. Um, these guys do a thing every year called the Stogie's Big Damn Cigar Jamboree and Wing Ding. And you buy the tickets. They're a little pricey, but you take home enough cigars that it's a hell of a deal. Uh, so I actually buy two tickets. And my <laughs> wife, who is awesome, <laughs> every guy should have a wife like this, uh, she goes with me even though she doesn't really smoke cigars. I mean, she'll take a puff off of one of mine occasionally, but uh, she doesn't really smoke cigars. But she'll go with me uh, and you know take her ticket and collect the cigars that she gets with her ticket so I come home with a uh, double buttload of cigars, That's and it's an awesome nice. thing. So, but there's food and, and drink, and uh, there's music, and it's a it, it's a it's a really good time. And they do it outside under this uh, uh, big sort of like covered area. Last year it was pouring rain; it was one of those uh, flood uh, times that oh, we no. had last year. Uh, but we still went and still had a good time. Uh, this year the weather looks good, and uh, so anyway, looking forward to that. And should should wind up with some really interesting and new cigars You'll to, to be able to talk about on the on the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring you some. Don't worry. So, unfortunately, that coincides exactly with my yearly quest. Yes. Now, every year, my wife loves to go to the uh, Renaissance Festival. She dresses up. Mm -hmm. She gets ridiculous. And I support it. Wholeheartedly, because I do love the whole yeah. thing with the bustier and the. She, you know, yeah. it depends from year to year. Last okay. year she was a pri- pirate and she actually took over oh. the little pirate ship over there while I they like were having, having a show. That was entertaining. <laughs> um, you would have to pull that. Yes, your wife you, can pull that off. You would have had to see that mm-hmm. to believe it. Mm-hmm. But this is every year. This is what I call. You know, I accompany her and I go on my quest for the cloak of inebriation. <laughs> That's love right. this. My quest for the cloak I, I of inebriation. This. this this sounds like a Nintendo game. It really does. Like <laughs> it's got to be coming, you know, because they're so good with you know with Zelda and the Pokemon Adventures and all, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah, the quest for the cloak of inebriation. Right. Yeah. Well, this is this is my yearly quest for the cloak of inebriation. I'm pretty sure I find it every year, but someone has always hit me over the head and taken it by the morning because I end up with a headache. and it never have it there. Yeah, instead of the cloak. That's right. But yeah. I will spend all day long. I'll go into shop after shop. And some shops are actually shops that have cloaks. And I ask if they have a cloak of inebriation. Uh, only one guy in the last four years has been clever enough to say, I think you've already found it. <laughs> Most of them That's look good. at me and actually wonder what that is and why they don't have mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but we no, we have a blast. We walk around. I smoke my pipe a lot out there. Actually. I was going to ask you, do you smoke cigars out there? You Do you take your pipe with you? Huh? I take my pipe and I'll walk around smoking because I have this great Eric Nording uh, natural mm-hmm. that just looks like something that was hacked out of a tree. Oh, it's nice. beautiful. I so love it. So it's got that soul Rin Festival. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has a giant bowl, holds a ton of tobacco, and I'll walk around smoking that. And then if I get a chance to sit down, they have actually uh, a few places that have good craft beers where you can sit down oh, and really nice. enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Um, and if I get a chance to sit down and enjoy that, a lot of times I'll put the pipe away and I'll have a cigar. 
but you know, I just kind of whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Is I there have a, a great time? But I'll do this all day long, and then all night, and then the bonfires and everything yeah, else. Of course. Know. Is there any science or any art to the pairing of craft beers and pipe tobacco? It's very similar to pairing a cigar. With, Interesting. Uh, uh, with uh, any kind of craft beer or craft liquor as well. Now, you do get a lot sweeter flavors with the pipe tobacco. With the pipe tobacco, right. right because yeah. you get a lot of the Cavendish mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and sometimes they'll infuse them, much like the Drew Estate does a lot, where they mm-hmm. infuse them with a lot of uh, flavors and stuff. Uh, I personally like aromatics. The room notes on them are beautiful. I, I never have anyone complain that I'm smoking a pipe. Right, like they always, right. They always Sometimes walk a cigar, up and go, you'll get complaints, but well, uh, but with a pipe, even no. a great cigar yeah. still sell, still smells like a cigar. Yeah, and that's just the truth. Mm-hmm, but a good aromatic pipe tobacco, everyone loves it. Yeah, you know, know. everyone tells me about their grandfather. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do our first beer tasting. Uh, this is the Avery. This is the one again. Remind me now. Your oh, nice. Uh, your friend um, sent friend this Jason in. Yes, sent this. Yep. He's, he goes. I got something in my fridge that you need to try. This is bottled April sixteenth, twenty fifteen, and he's uh, stored it since then in cold environment, cold mm-hmm. and dark environment. Mm-hmm. And we're about to try this nine percent uh, ABV. Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> so here, good thing we're splitting uh, gotta, it three ways. Yes, right? I was going to say a little for you, a little for me, a little for Bobby, the producer. So uh, I'll pass that on along. Bobby, there's yours. So this is a really interesting uh, beer because it is, um, uh, it's a barrel, I'm sorry, it's not a barrel aged. Yes, it is. It's a barrel aged, but yes. it's a barrel aged sour. A barrel aged yeah. sour. Uh, and that's interesting. I, mean, I don't know that I've ever had anything that combined those two before. It smells amazing. Mm. Put that to your nose. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm liking this. It smells no. like a cherry almost in mm-hmm. there. Almost like a sour cherry right. sort of a, a vibe to it, yes. And you can that's get a little bit amazing. of, the, well, maybe the cherry is the wood. You know, from the yeah. uh, from the barrel, but okay, gonna and go you ahead can and smell the sour. Like I haven't even tried this yet, but you can smell the sour as it comes up to your nose. Wow, that's a really interesting sour. And I will say this: the um, the sour beers, and they're getting more and more popular. I noticed actually uh, when I was at Specs, there was a whole row of them now. I really sours. enjoy a sour beer, and, but I've noticed that. Among the different ones I've tried, the sour is very different. Some sours are very almost uh, citrusy, sour, puckery. Some are more like a uh, like an after. You get the sour after. It's a really well, interesting. Within the umbrella of sour, I think we can split it between tart and sour, and mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of gray mm-hmm. area in between. This has a little more tartness to it. Yes, actually. and I, I think I like that. It's 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 tart in the middle. And then you get a little bit of the sour on the finish. Yes, and it finishes pretty clean. It doesn't leave you just just right. sitting there like with the sour mouth. Yeah, you know? with yeah. sour mouth, <laughs> sour I beer face. I, I actually really like this. It's really interesting. It's an Avery, and actually most of the uh, information on the label is in like Latin or something. You know, the second sip, I actually start picking up a little of the. It's like. Uh, uh, like caramel almost and vanilla. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the label. It says number 27 in our barrel aged series, ale aged in bourbon barrels with cherries added. Oh, that's why we smoke cherries. So that's cherries. why you're getting that, that cherry. Uh, so, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm digging caramel. it. Caramel. I get caramel out of this too. I'm going to get some really more caramel. I think that's the right bourbon now. barrel aged part. Yes, I think you're right. That's where that uh, sort of depth of flavor is. Uh, I'd like from. to say thank you, Jason. This is fantastic. I would like to really say thank you, Jason. <laughs> this is fantastic. Jason, come hang out on the show. Let's taste together. You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Oh, coming up next, uh, our special guest, Alan Nenny from Man Can't Cave Cigars in League City, Texas. We talked to him uh, at the uh, big special Whiskeys of the World event. We'll play that back for you next. Got no pain. 
Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the show about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, my name is Cruz, my partner Ian Barry. We're live at the uh, really cool Whiskeys of the World event in downtown Houston. And we've talked to a lot of guys with, uh, with great whiskey. We've sampled some amazing whiskey. But I have to admit, almost more exciting than, to, for me than that was seeing that the Man Cave Cigar guys are here. Yes, so. I, when they when they came and set up, I was a little sad they didn't set up right next to us, but they're in <laughs> yeah. they're in line of sight right here. So I'm pretty excited about that. So why don't you introduce our guest from? Uh, All right, Man we have Cigars. Alan Denny from Man Cave Cigars. He came in last minute deal um, yeah. to cover, and uh, he's doing a fantastic job. So. Um, uh, how many times have you done events like this? So, so we've done a lot of events, uh, per se. This is our second whiskey event. Okay. Uh, we partnered with a, another group, the Houston Whiskey Social. I don't know if y'all are familiar with those I've guys or not. Yes. Okay, so they did their, their inaugural event last year. Um, they came to us because they live kind of in the area, so they talked to us because I had done other events, not whiskey events. And so they asked me if I could give them some help, which we did, and we partnered with them. Well, uh, two of the gentlemen that run this event, Douglas uh, Smith and Doug Harris, mm -hmm. reached out to us yesterday because the previous vendor backed out literally last minute mm. and asked. I had helped Doug on another event, and he said, hey, can you help me out? I said, sure. And yeah. you came through and saved the day. I, that's, that's, that, I'm <laughs> Superman. That's what so, I try and do. So that means we want to make sure we give you great publicity here. So tell me about your store, about Man Cave. So the Man Cave Cigar Lounge, uh, it's a, uh, owned by father and son. Uh, Cliff and Chance, uh, Cliff O'Quinn, Chance Foreman, um, they decided about four years ago they wanted to open a cigar lounge, and they opened it in Leak City, right in the middle of South Shore Harbor. It's a beautiful lounge. It's very unlike any lounge you've probably been in. It's uh, big, comfortable leather chairs. The lights are down low. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful lounge. Mm. Um, we've been in business three and a half years now. And we just added less than a year ago a 24-hour private members lounge. So we've, wow. yeah. So now we have a huge humidor. We've got a great regular lounge, plus a 24-hour lounge where our members can go in. They have their own lockers, so they can keep their spirits in it. We've got a full kitchen. We've got a stock bar. So it's. So if I want to come, if I'm a member of your uh, of your lounge, and I'm want to come at three in the morning and come have on a down. cigar and. Uh, uh, some scotch from my locker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And we have guys that do that. We've got police officers that are on shift work, sure, plant right, guys right, that are right. on shift work. You're getting off at five in the morning. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. Not ready to go to bed for a couple hours. Yeah, back, there's you know? there's guys that'll be there that when we come in at nine, nine thirty to start opening the shop, they're already over in the members lounge. They've been over there doing paperwork and yeah. doing whatever business owners that utilize that lounge twenty four hours a day you literally. Know, there really nice. is nothing like that first in the morning when you first like sit down to do whatever read the paper uh go through your email whatever there's really nothing quite like having a cigar like at no. that moment <laughs> and you can't always do it depending it's on true. where you are it's so. true especially in texas it gets so hot yes. in the middle of the summer you know it's six o'clock in the morning it's too hot to go out and smoke a cigar <laughs> and we do have coffee machine and an espresso machine there ah, so if you come see. in you know, have something to drink. Coffee and espresso, by the way, go very well with cigars. Yes, they do. It's, it's yeah. amazing how well they go it with does. cigars. Now, your place is not called by a sort of a traditional cigar store, cigar lounge name. No, it's is not. The man cave, like, does that that work to your advantage? Do people respond well to that, or do it, you find yourself having to explain it's it? It's funny you say it. Um, regularly, I would go once a week, maybe mm -hmm. once every two weeks. Uh, can women come in? Can ladies come in? Yeah. Can, can I bring my wife in? So we actually went and had our, our uh, 
advertising guy put ladies welcome on the front door <laughs> because be it, it did right. we we got in the beginnings of the shop it was way more regular that that question was asked now it's a lot less frequent but we still get that from new customers that come mm-hmm. in can mm-hmm. their wife come in yeah right. and what about the humidor do you have a uh, well-stocked humidor very well stocked humidor it's uh it's definitely not the biggest humidor in town but it's definitely one of the nicest as long we, as it's well curated, yeah, that's what matters. We, that's, we, that's it. Yeah, you know, and, and that's true. And our, our humidor is completely sealed in Spanish cedar, um, and we have a lot of the big brands that everybody's familiar with: Ashton, Oliva, uh, Fuente, Padron, La Flor Dominicana. But we have a lot of the small boutique brands as well in there that you may not find in a lot of the bigger humidors. Um, Crown Heads. Uh, one of the new ones we just brought in was JSK. It stands for Jasam Cruel. It's Macedonian for I Am King. I think we're the only shop in Houston that has well, it. I've and never heard of that. I'm going to have to Yeah, it, definitely look it up. It is probably one of the top boutiques. Um, his, uh, how, can I say a dirty word on here? Sure, go ahead. His, his thing is boutique as fuck. <laughs> that is nice. that is his catchphrase for that. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, one of the things that you and I both are really passionate about is finding new smokes, things we haven't smoked. I mean, we've obviously got our favorites that we return to time and again, but finding new lines, new things, and so that's part of the curation. It's almost like, uh, you know, curating the taps at a bar that has, you know, a lot of taps. It's like you have to keep bringing in new stuff, but you have to make sure you hold on to the stuff that everybody likes. absolutely. There's a a real art to it. It's not just just retail shelf space type thinking. And I've made some mistakes in that humidor. Uh, last year, we opened the, the members' lounge. Well, when we did that, we also expanded the humidor, and we almost tripled our shelf space. So I brought in a lot of new companies, and, and there was one in particular. I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to get any bad publicity for them. But their cigars suck, and they won't sell. Oh, no. And we've had a lot of trouble with the, with the owner, and, and, the, and it's terrible. And, and I can't do anything with them. I can't force them to buy them back. Uh, the only thing I can try and do is sell them cheaper and get rid of them. Discount them, get them Yeah, out. and because, you know, you don't have an infinite amount of, of space in the right, humidor. there's only so much shelf space. Yeah, and trying to figure out what brands are going to sell the best and which ones are going to move. And, you know, some of the brands that sold really, really well before we did this expansion, they stopped selling. I've had to close accounts because now guys have a much bigger much uh, bigger uh, line variety. to choose from. Sure. Yeah, and, and so when they do, they're not going back to that one brand that maybe I did have a nice amount of it, but now that we've expanded, they're actually a smaller footprint in the humidor. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately. you got to learn your clientele. you got to learn what they like. True. And you do have to keep some regular, you know, some standards around. Sure. But one of my favorite things is if I walk into a, uh, a cigar shop and uh, I start speaking with whoever's uh, working there. I'd like to say, you know, here's a profile of a cigar that I'm in the mood for. What would you choose for me? Right. And that's such a fun thing because I try a lot of times I try stuff that I've never heard of or never tried before, and that's that's always exciting. You know, and we've got we've got some really great tobacconists in the shop. Um, Jim, we call him Double D. He's a deputy sheriff, and it stood for deputy dog. Uh, but so uh, so Jim Herndon, um, he loves a good bold spicy cigar. Um, our owner, Cliff. Cliff likes really big ring gauges that me and Jim do not care for as much. And and uh, Cliff also likes a little bit more mellow cigar than what we like. Mm-hmm. I'm right in the middle. I, I, I kind of like that 5x50 or 5x60 a Toro Robusto mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. 
medium of the road. Sometimes I like something spicy. So between the three of us, we're all going to point you at something different based on our profile. But every time somebody comes in, we enjoy that. We love a customer that comes and says, hey, this is what I'm in the mood for. We turn them on to something that we think they're going to like. I would say we're 99% spot on. You know, sometimes you're just going to have that guy that's like, this is terrible. Why did you give me this cigar? <laughs> and it's like, he's just trying bad. To get, he's just trying to get something for free. Yeah, well, that's, that's all. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I will say, though, there's, there's something really awesome about asking that question, Ian, being directed yeah. towards something, loving it, and realizing, I don't think I would have picked out this cigar. I might right. never have tried this particular cigar sure. well, if my, it hadn't been recommended like that. My experience yeah. every time, too, is usually you know the guy's going to look at you and he's going to say, well, have you tried this? And you say yes. Okay, so if you've tried that and you like that, have you tried this? Yes or no? And then you just narrow it down until you find one that's yeah, really Yeah, we, we've had guys, everybody's got a smartphone. So mm-hmm. take a picture of what you're smoking. Delete the picture if you didn't like it. But if you smoke three cigars and if you come in and tell me I like these two and not this one, I can start narrowing That's down right. with the, with the profiles. Beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we're real big in in the shop is if you come in and say, hey, I want a really great cigar and I want it to be super. I'm not taking you straight to the $30 cigars. I don't right. want customers going, oh, yeah, he's trying to get me to buy the most expensive thing in the shop. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to hit you at an 8 9 $10. Let me show you. Let me earn your business. Right. Earn your the trust. Next time you business. come in. Yeah. <laughs> next time you come in, we'll talk it's about $25 a stick. $20. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be clear, too, uh, just uh, for people listening, um, we talked a lot about your VIP 24-hour thing, mm-hmm. but you've got a big lounge area for oh, yeah, just the general absolutely. public. You don't have to be a member to no, come in and just uh, sit and absolutely enjoy. absolutely not. So, uh, so it's a, uh, it, I think it's, it's really important if you are a person who enjoys going into cigar lounges, I think it's really important to try different ones. Different ones are always going to have a different feel and vibe right, right. to them sure and it sounds like from the way you've described this it just sounds awfully comfortable i yeah. like the low and lighting so, i like the uh you know the plush byob right absolutely yeah. we've got guys that bring in uh expensive whiskeys a lot of times mm-hmm. we've got guys that bring in craft beer and we'll have a guy that'll bring a six pack of miller light to watch a football game mm-hmm. whatever you want to bring and you know that's one of the reasons we never would have gotten a, a liquor license is too many people want to bring in their own right, stuff right, and, right. and you yeah. know to sell it why, why sell it at you know ten, fifteen, thirty dollars a shot for some expensive stuff? Bring it in. Let's everybody drink some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah pass that like around. That <laughs> so that, that, that like brings it. up that I can actually just bring in a beer or a bottle of whiskey and say, okay, what goes with this? Absolutely. Oh yes. Yeah. And you'll probably, if you haven't heard it before, you'll have to try it. Yeah. To see what's going to go with it. Yeah, I've been drinking some of the new stouts, some Java stout, oatmeal cream stout. I'm in love with them. I'm I'm falling Have in love with. Have you ever had them. a Founders Breakfast? Style? I drank it yesterday. Those are like the best things. <laughs> yes, those are so good. Yeah, yeah. One of our one of our regulars, Jason Kane, and and Double D that I was just talking about that works there. We're on this stout kick right now. For those of you who uh, who haven't heard of this, Founders makes a breakfast stout, and it's a double chocolate oatmeal mm-hmm. stout, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Is yeah. it better than the? Cinnamon churro. Wait, I always get the name wrong. But that's a porter. You're talking about the Moody Tongue. (laughs) Yeah, the Moody Tongue. Caramelized chocolate cherry Baltic porter, which, by the way, we believe goes with every single cigar that's ever been made. Yes. Try some of that. So where can I get it? Uh, Specs has it. Really? Yes. 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 (laughs) Know where I'm going when I get leave this place tonight? It was when (laughs) it it was when I brought it was when I brought that porter in that I think Ian decided. 
I think I can be friends with this guy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really think it was a, it was an important moment, a turning point, if you will, in the show. Man, thank you for uh, for being on with us. We want to come out and uh, smoke at your place and do Absolutely. a whole show out there. Yeah, I'd and, love it. Uh, we're looking forward to doing just that. So start thinking now. What cigars you're going to recommend? I already know. I already got it. Listen to our show. You'll figure out what we like pretty yeah, quickly. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, well cruise in. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so, so much. much for being on Man Cave so Cigars, in League City, and we are uh, thrilled to be able to give you a little extra bump for being here and bailing people out at the last minute. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having thank me. Thank you so Listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It's the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Uh, thanks again to Alan Nenny from Man Cave Cigars. That guy's in great, isn't he? Isn't he awesome? Yeah, he really is. Uh, so, we are planning on a show in League City at Man Cave Cigars, uh, and it'll probably be coming up in the next month or so. Those so guys we're, are so fun. Uh, so really I can't wait. I haven't been out there. So, you know what we should do for those of our listeners who are in the, you know, sort of general Houston area, and we have listeners all over the place, but uh, uh, I didn't say how many. I just know that we have them all over the place. But uh, we uh, we would like to uh, maybe invite them out. So we'll post on the Facebook page, you know, when we're going to be there. If anybody wants to come smoke with us, that'd be awesome. Uh, that sounds like yeah, a good time. So that'll, be a, that'll be a lot of fun. So uh, our Facebook page, by the way, is facebook.com slash sip, smoke, and savor. All, you know, crunched into one uh, word. And we do try to put up, uh, you know, pictures of, th- pictures of the cigars, a lot of times pictures of the beers and the uh, uh, and the spirits that we're tasting. And so we would love to have you visit. We really love to have you uh, follow us. Everybody wants to, you know, follow them on Facebook. We promise not to be annoying. Uh, we just, we, you know, we just like talking about cigars and whiskeys and uh, rums and tequilas and beers. That's, That's We talk about stuff we like. We talk about stuff we like. That's exactly right. And uh, occasionally... Uh, we play sound effects, and that's uh, you know it's the sort <laughs> of thing we enjoy doing. One. So that wasn't gratuitous at all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So um, there's an article that I uh, came across. Uh, actually, I think my wife sent me this. And, like I just looked at the headline. I was like, no, no. What you got? Uh, it's it's. We talked about this a little last week, but I didn't have a chance to share it. Um, there is a gentleman who has been doing a major study about uh, alcohol. He's a uh, professor, and he is predicting that by 2050, hangover-free alcohol could replace regular alcohol. A new drink known as Alco-Synth, designed to mimic the positive effects of alcohol, but doesn't cause dry mouth, nausea, and a throbbing head. It is a synthetic alcohol, which would allow people, it says here, to enjoy the sociable effects of a few pints, but uh, skip the, uh, you know, the the hangover and, and, all, and so all of that straight stuff. straight to the blackout, right? Straight. <laughs> I guess so. I, no, but seriously, <laughs> this sounds like a, a bad Star Trek episode. You, I don't know if you ever bizarre. watched, because they always had synthahol, Alka remember, on synthahol. at, at oh, the bar synthahol. on Star Trek? Like, but but I I don't quite get the point you of it. You're such like, a geek in some ways. I, I truly am, and I and I celebrate it. I'll let my geek flag fly. It's all right. I'm into it. It's all it's all right. But I never quite understood the concept because okay, if you're going to have this is what I don't understand about the hangover free alcohol. Does it make you feel that sort of you know enjoyable buzziness 
that you can get from having, you know, a couple of drinks? Uh, or does it not? Is that the point? Does it not do that? Is it designed just to prevent the hangover? Or does it actually not even get you drunk? And, or scary, it just makes you talk a lot. Well, you... <laughs> Yeah, maybe so. But I was just, if if you if it's just about like the flavor, it's like well, there's plenty of good non-alcoholic drinks. Like, why would you want, um, you know, non-alcoholic alcohol? It doesn't make sense to me. Like that's yeah, that's very strange. Yeah, but uh, uh, anyway, this, this non-alcoholic alcohol. I believe right. last week what I said when you mentioned that was. What? <laughs> it says, uh, this guy says, you know, by 2050, he thinks it could even replace normal alcohol. It'll be there alongside the scotch and the gin, and they dispense it into your cocktail, and you'll have the pleasure, he says, without damaging your liver and your heart. So I guess he's implying that you do get the buzz from it. That's strange. Though. That's like no accountability. Yeah. Like, how are you going to know you had a good night? That's right. I, in a way, you do need the potential of the hangover <laughs> because it's what allows you to, you know, in some ways go, you know, I think I, this is probably my last one. Right. You know? Right. Like, and if you're, if the synthetic alcohol or alco-synth, as they're calling it here, if it, if it really gives you a buzz, but you're not worried about the hangover, doesn't that isn't doesn't that promote irresponsible drinking? Like you know, people having more because they're not worried about no accountability, the, and then yeah, and then maybe uh, you know thinking they're okay to drive or something like that. That's not know. a good thing. So I don't know. Anyway, I, this scary it, thought it's a kind of a ridiculous idea in my opinion, but uh, I thought I'd share it because I like you know I like if occasionally being broke. able to talk about it. yeah exactly. I, you know, okay. So I, I just want to point out sometimes I have a hangover and I think to mm-hmm. myself, I did that right. It's got that to, might be a little perverse, but you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did party last night. That's good. Right. That's right. good. I, I did gotta, what I, I gotta own it. That was where, right. It's about owning it. Thank you. You said it perfectly. <laughs> you said it absolutely perfectly. Well, this is sip, smoke, and savor. And uh, so, one of the things we try to do on the show is to uh, do some tastings. And you know, we're not always able to taste cigars on the show, although we will when we're on location in a place where it's okay to smoke. But we can always uh, pour a little uh, liquor and uh, a little beer. And I'm excited about this. I brought this in um, for us to taste today. We've been tasting a lot of whiskey because of the Whiskeys of the World event, so I thought we would change it up and go with the rum this week. So Ian's going to pull the cork on this baby and Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Now, let me explain uh, the origin or, or how this entered my life, uh, at least. This uh, this is a plantation rum, but it is a plantation pineapple-infused rum. My wife came home from a girl's night and said, I tried this rum. You got to try. She knows I really like rum, so I was like, "Okay, uh, cool. What's up?" And she's like, "It's pineapple infused." And my first thought was, "Yeah, whatever." You know, like pineapple infused yeah. sounds extreme. Well, I it, it sounds like maybe something you would do in a vodka. And we've made pineapple infused vodka at home before for like the uh, you know for like I, the I have to say, so when you say infused, I initially. When I start hearing infused has become a big word recently, uh-huh. like a mm-hmm. hot word recently. I initially thought that like it was flavored, but it's a little different. When you infuse it with, you're adding some of that flavor, but you're not just adding like a syrup of that flavor or right. something like that. Right. It's not like it's not like a mix in per se. Right. It's more like allowing the um, the alcohol to live with the fruit in it, in, in a case right. of, of, like a, of like a fruit infusion, uh, and, and absorb the flavors from the fruit. Now, what's interesting about the plantation pineapple rum is it says here it's infused with pineapple barks. 
So this uh-huh. may not be even uh, with the sweeter, more fruity part of the pineapple, but with the actual bark it from the outside. It doesn't smell sickly sweet. Like, I can smell the rum right I can tell it you too. it's not sickly sweet at all. And, and in fact, uh, and this room smells a lot like that pineapple right now. Yeah. Well, not in a bad way. That's my cologne. But uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is what I use in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I bought a bottle of this because my wife wanted it and uh, brought it home, opened it up, and I was like, this is awesome. This is kind of now a go-to for us. And I'll tell you another thing. Since I started buying this, I can't find it. It's out of stock everywhere. Apparently, this is I just a very hot item. took a sip of this, and it yeah? saddens me that you say that right after I took a sip of this. Because Cause you dug it? Because this is good. It is good, isn't it? This is good mm-hmm. in a way. like It tastes like rum, but the pineapple on top of it, uh, actually kind of smooths out the whole rum. It's not sweet, but it's smooth. That's very right, well said. Right, yes. right. And, it, and it also smooths out some of the rum spices. Now, they're still mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. but it adds to them in a way that just kind of just, just rolls them over a little smoother. It's a dark rum. It's, really it's interesting. It's, it's not a uh, silver. It's a dark rum. It's an original dark, and they use Queen Victorian pineapples. <laughs> There's no bitterness to it uh, at no all No bitterness whatsoever. at all. The recipe is from 1824. Just looking at a few things uh, on the uh, on the label of the bottle here. What but kind of daiquiri would that make? I don't know. I haven't tried this in any mixers at all so far, but mm. it could be. Something really serious. This uh, honestly, pretty intense. Now we drink a, a lot of times. Sort of the easy go-to at our house has been Kraken, the black spice rum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is almost—I won't say it's replaced the Kraken, but it's—it's it's become almost the go-to alongside the Kraken. I can see that. So this is uh, this Kraken is has good. a special place in my heart. When you put Kraken and Dr Pepper oh, together, dude. Now we haven't really talked about this on the air, but that, <laughs> that's almost a show in we and of itself. We might have to do a whole show, man. On that. A Kraken and Dr Pepper is fantastic. Those two things are crazy. Somehow those the spices of each just they marry form perfectly. like Voltron. <laughs> Now, who's the geek now? <laughs> He's giving me a hard time for a Star Trek reference. He's like making uh, uh, making like Transformers uh, references and Voltron <laughs> references over here. So, uh, Well, i got to say, I really love this stuff, and I almost didn't bring it in to talk about it on the show because of the fact that it's hard to find. Like I'm scared, wow. you guys are going to no, make per- it even this harder is for me to find good. It. Even just by itself, like this yes. is particularly good. And I can only imagine that once you use it as a, a mixer, shotgun, it's going to so. be... Yeah, I mean, this is straight up neat. Mm-hmm. No nothing, no water, no ice, and uh, and it's that good. I was thinking maybe of trying this, using this instead of a silver uh, for the rumaritas that I like to make, oh, the frozen rumaritas. Yeah, I bet that good. would have a really good... Uh, but, of course, that would add a sweetness because the rumaritas, uh, you use a simple syrup in them and add true, the sweetness true. to it. So I don't know how that would affect this particular flavor. What I really like about this is that it's not sweet. It's not really sweet. No, it's it's got pineapple. It's got a lot of pineapple flavor, but it's not a sweet pineapple flavor. Now, I was looking for this a few weeks ago. We were going to the beach for the weekend, and I couldn't find it at the store I was at. They were out of stock on it. Uh, and so I thought, well, I'll buy something else. And so I bought a coconut rum. Uh, it was one of the uh, Ken- it was a Kenny Chesney. I guess he has a line of rums now. I didn't realize that until after I bought it. Uh, sorry, that's my phone going off. But uh, uh, but I, I I tried the rum, uh, the Kenny Chesney coconut infused rum. I really liked the title of it. It was Blue Chair Coconut Rum. Nice. And I read the bottle and it was like you know talked about sitting in the blue chair on the porch and watching the waves come in. I was like, okay, you got me. I like the narrative, and it was good, but it was very sweet. 
Like, and it was yeah. not the not really the experience that I was hoping for. You know, I still enjoyed some of it, but it this, was it was more like it was more like a candy. You know what I mean? This almost has a dryness to the aftertaste yes. too that oh. I really enjoy. Love it. So it's plantation pineapple, and it is hard to find, at least right now. It says artisanal Caribbean rum. Hopefully they'll make more. Well, I'm so glad you like it. That's awesome. It is good. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We are uh, still, uh, we still have a beer to taste. This is the, uh, uh, which is this? Uh, oh, it's the, uh, yes. That's going to be the Black O'Lantern. It's the pumpkin stout, the Black O'Lantern from our friends at Wasatch. So uh, that'll be coming up at Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We will be right back. You know, Cruz, I like that song, but it makes me a little sad. Yeah? It always reminds me that this is, this is just this is the last segment of our show. Oh, because this often is the uh, musical bumper yeah. that precedes the last segment. Yes. All right. Well, uh, it's the Suffers, and they're awesome, and I'm they going to see awesome, them, and uh, I'm very excited about it. So, You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. This is the show that's about craft beer, uh, craft spirits, and fine cigars. My name is Cruz. My friend and co-host is uh, Ian Barry. Ian, um, we've had uh, we've had some pretty good stuff we've sampled on the show here today. We've enjoyed the uh, the, pi- the pineapple uh, rum from Plantation. Uh, that was pretty good. Definitely enjoyed good. The, uh, the Avery barrel-aged sour ale. And then in this segment, we're going to... Uh, do our final uh, beer tasting for the show uh, for for this week, and this is our <laughs> our. Uh, and I just picked this up at the store. I thought this looks interesting. It's the Wasatch Black O'Lantern Pumpkin Stout. I thought you would like it because it's a stout. All right, yeah, and it is an interesting. Uh, I really like the packaging. It's very. It's dark. Uh, uh, it's very Batman, uh, the last Halloween uh, vibe on the front, and yes, you can you can go ahead and uh, or the long Halloween. Sorry, I got that wrong. Halloween. The long Halloween. Uh, see, and that's the, I don't know what's geekier than the reference is correcting it because I got the reference wrong and knew that I got it wrong. But anyway, uh, there you go. Uh, but I thought this I thought this looked really interesting. I thought it'd be a great one to taste. We've been trying to try out some of the more shall we say exotic um, of the. Um, you know, autumn beers and uh, Oktoberfests and uh, pumpkin style uh, beers. Uh, not exclusively pumpkin style, but you know this is the only time of the year that those are out, and so I thought, you know, let's let's try some of these and see what we think. And we've had a few that really were amazing. Yeah, it is yeah. the season. We've had actually our last two uh, 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 pumpkin beers were really good. Well, you loved the Pumpkin Massacre, which the was Pumpkin Massacre was something special. Yeah, that was, that and was I haven't really found it yet. There. Yeah. Oh, I can find it for you. Don't worry. They have it at the little store by your building, right? Yes, I'm going to mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. haunt you. We'll find it. We'll find it. So this one is the uh, Black O'Lantern Pumpkin Stout. And I really want to say I love the Wasatch uh, Brewing Company. These guys are out of Utah, I believe. And unless, you know, I could get that wrong. I think they're out of Utah because they're the guys that do Polygamy Porter. And uh, and so I always think of them as being at that Utah. is Salt is that Lake right? City. Salt Lake City. Okay. So, uh, I, but I really like their sense of humor. I yes. really like the way they name their uh, beers. Polygamy Porter and, is particularly. Polygamy funny. Porter is actually a very good beer. Uh, we'll <laughs> have to bring that on and do an official review of it sometime. Uh, but anyways, I like the Wasatch guys, and uh, so I thought this would be interesting. And I know Ian loves a good uh, a good stout, so I thought we'd see this how a, a good pumpkin stout, stout is going to work. So. Their pumpkin stout uh, has the ability to be stout. 
stout and pumpkin-y without being too much of either. That's a really good way to say it because this is a very drinkable beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, we've we've lucked out on the show because everything we bring in, probably due to prior experience, everything we mm-hmm. bring in is not just big, sweet pumpkin-y. Yes. Uh, we have pumpkin flavor, and I mentioned- Those uh, things certainly exist, by the way. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. You can get very sweet pumpkin-y beers um, uh, that are more like almost like dessert mm-hmm. and, and kind of go with ice cream. I prefer something I can sit down and actually drink, and um, you know, most of the time- uh, every once in a while, it's fun to have a, uh, a taste of this, but this particular, uh, this almost tastes more like a porter than a stout to me. Yeah, um, it has it has that kind of brightness in the in the front of the flavor that you don't expect from a stout, and then it finishes with a nice pumpkin aftertaste. But it's not a big pumpkin uh, punch in the gut or anything like that. I was going to mention that the the finish is almost a late finish. Yes, it yes. almost like. The the what you would normally consider the finish happens and then it fades and then here comes that pumpkin. I feel like I have vibe. pumpkin breath after this beer, not in a bad way. It's actually kind of good. You, you know? may you may actually have pumpkin breath. <laughs> it says it's brewed with pumpkin and spices. And I thought I would read this from the bottle because I like this. Again, love the sense of humor and the whole vibe of the uh, guys from Wasatch uh, Brewing Company. Uh, it says alone in his laboratory, <laughs> one stormy night. A madman crossed an imperial stout with pumpkin to create this Franken-brew. It's alive! How good is it? Well, scary good. I'm I'm not making that up. I'm reading that off the label. And then it says, food pairings, eye of newt, and devil's food cake. Nice. So so there you go. This is a good beer. And it's it's drinkable, too. It's it's very drinkable. It's not just, I'll just have a sip and we're good with that. And some of the... the, uh, uh, label artwork on some of the Oktoberfest beers and the uh, the pumpkin beers is a little goofy looking, but I love that. That's a big scary it's looking dark. pumpkin. I dig it. I dig it. Um, so this is very very good. Now uh, I've noticed lately we've been doing a lot of stouts and porters. And I think it's my conscious effort to not just bring IPAs in all the time because <laughs> uh, I'm you know. <laughs> I think episode one through seven were all IPAs. Well, well we did, and we did a whole IPA episode, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, so, That's true. So we got to balance things out. But what other styles of of beer should we be thinking about? trying to review and this would be something i'd love to hear from people on if you want well, to there's the malt liquor us. yeah <laughs> the malt yes liquor. there is <laughs> you know if you're looking for the cloak of inebriation that might be a good place to start by the way uh, is the malt liquor um no there uh, we would i would love to hear from people actually um uh, sip smoke and savor at gmail.com or you can you know just make a comment on the facebook page but what what kind of beers should we you know what are, what are we ignoring yeah. what are we not spending enough time on uh style wise is uh, uh, Saisons, or uh, you know, are, are you looking for um, you know ESBs? We had the one ESB mm. we did that was so good. That was uh, fantastic. Uh, that was from Eureka Heights. Yeah. Uh, or should we review more lagers and and you know uh, lighter ales? Uh, that, that these are all important things uh, to review. I think on the show from time to time. So it'd be good to. Yeah, you know, it'd be good to get your suggestions. Where should we? Where should we go? And that can go for anything, by the way. If you want to suggest cigars, you want to suggest, uh, um, you know, spirits, I- any of it. We we would love to go. Hey, this this was suggested by, you know, so and so. Yeah, and if you really really are adamant about us trying it, send samples. Yes, you can always do that. You can always always do that. <laughs> well, I'd just like to point out your buddy Jonathan uh, sent along the 
beer that he wanted us to try, right? I was Jason. Oh, Jason. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. Jason sent along a beer, and I told him, I said, we will try this. And it's like uh, last week when I walked into uh, the D&Q Mart, and I said, Brandon, what am I going to review this week? What am I going to review this week? Yes, and I that like was that. a fantastic beer. Mm-hmm. I love those opportunities. Sometimes yes. I just like to go, hey, what are you drinking? What am I going to try? Give me something new. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, in looking for something you know unusual, it'll just be scanning True. the uh, the aisles and scanning the shelves and looking for something that it's like, huh, that might be fun to talk about. I wonder if it's any good. You, you know? know, it's it's uh, it's always hard to tell because sometimes you look at the shelf, you get overwhelmed by so many choices, and most of them you haven't heard of. Or you have no idea anything about the brewery, so you right. have no idea what kind of quality they're putting out. And a lot of times you just take a shot in the dark, so it's nice if you have a six-pack shop close to you. Uh, uh, my uh, my brother-in-law has a, a shop called The Headkeeper right close to him, and uh, and he goes down there and can buy a six-pack, a broken six-pack of a bunch of different things he's never mm, tried before. I like that. It's nice yes. to not commit you know, to an entire six-pack and get to try a bunch of things. Here in the Houston area, I know uh, H-E-B, yeah. Kroger... And specs all have that you know make your own six pack. Absolutely, uh, D&Q uh, has thing. a few, of and the, the D&Q uh, does that as well. So. And then um, you know, I find a lot of places will let you do mm-hmm. that. They'll have a, a six pack kind of thing. It really is a nice way to try things. Yeah. And then if you like something, you can always go back. Uh, you know, go back for more. Um, so I'm I'm uh, really enjoying this pumpkin stout. I have to say, the Black O'Lana. This is uh, Ian. This is this one gets a definite thumbs up. So. Uh, I agree. Uh, and again, Wasatch has never let me down. I don't think I've ever tried any of their beers that I haven't liked. No, I uh, went to the uh, uh, Houston Beer Festival, not this past year, but the year before when they had it down in the uh, Allen Parkway area here in Houston. And Wasatch was represented there. I spent a lot of time at their booth because they had about four different beers mm-hmm. that I've had before. But that didn't mean that I didn't want them again. That you didn't want to try them again, that's sure. Right. No, that's right. And that's you know that's kind of the thing when you go to a beer festival and you go and have something that you have had before. That speaks to how good it must and be. Go find your favorites. Yeah. That's the one. I was at the Brewmaster Festival. I went back to uh, Eureka Heights quite a few times. I got their ESB, their <laughs> wicked awesome ESB. Oh, that's which, so good. It's that so beer good. was so good. And you know what's funny? I think that might have been the only ESB at the entire Brewmaster May Festival. Have been. Uh, you know, ESB is a much maligned beer style. I, mean, I love it. It ESB. just doesn't get the uh, the respect and the attention that it deserves. So, oh, I'm a big fan yeah, of that. Yeah, it's, it's it's really really good. So uh, we should definitely have those guys back on the show again as well. I love when he showed up with all those big cans. That was like awesome. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what, oh, did, what did he? He called gonna them have the, a good the like the crowler. Yeah, the crowler. Yeah, can slash can slash growler. Yeah, they were almost like mini kegs. I dug it. Well, uh, we want to say a special thanks to uh, Alan Nenny from Man Cave Cigars in League City, Texas, for being on the show today. Actually, he was on the show delayed because that was an interview we recorded with him uh, when we were at Whiskeys of the World, and still have a number of things from the Whiskeys of the World experience that we'll be able to share with you in the weeks to come. So, so smoke and savor uh, by proxy. Yes, yes. Uh, we are also uh, getting ready to do a couple of live shows. We're going to be we're planning one from. Uh, Man Cave Cigars in League City. We're also planning another one from um, from B&B, the Steakhouse. Yes. When we had Jeremiah from B&B on the show, he was a lot of fun. We keep running into him all over town. It seems like if there's some sort everywhere. of it seems like if there's some sort of alcohol oriented event, he is there. Alcohol oriented frivolity. Yes. Jeremiah is yeah. going to be right yeah. there. And he's right in the middle of it. So so he's going to come and do the whole show with us and taste. And uh, you know maybe we can get to one of his uh, bartender, uh, like you said, bartender to uh, you know 
kind of walk down the uh, the path and show us good martinis. Or right. Something. We also, fun. yeah, we haven't done a martini show. Now, I have a friend of mine who is quite good at martinis, so I'm going to so, give him a right. call. So that's something to look forward to. I, I would love to have someone come and make, like, the same martini, but one with vodka, one with gin. In other words, taste them side by side where everything else in the in the experiment is uh, is the same. But it's just the difference of one has uh, vodka, one has gin. Uh, that would be interesting for me to like taste and contrast and compare. So that sounds like maybe a we'll good do time. That. So those are all things to look forward to. I want to say thanks to Bobby for uh, uh, helping us uh, keep the show on time and keep it together. And we reward him with uh, you know tastings. Uh, from he gets time to, to taste time. them all too. So, yes, he does. So uh, the reason he doesn't uh, doesn't talk as much is not because he can't. It's just because he's enjoying his tasting. So. Um, thank you guys very much for listening and for downloading the the podcast. We appreciate it. We are looking forward to show number 16 next week. Have a great week. And, of course, uh, cheers. Cheers to you, sir. This is Radio Flash on Pirate Satellite. Yeah! This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.